All right, how are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by Four Patriots and Mindbloom, Ukraine. Still making some headway, from what I can at least tell, just a little bit down in. Uh, I'm going to continue to go with the, the name Robotine because I like it and it makes some of you guys who speak Ukrainian a little bit. To the point where I get a message of somebody <laughs> properly pronouncing it on IG, like sending me a voice memo of how to say it, which you gotta you gotta love t- technology today. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. And you guys know I don't. I, it's not that I don't care. I, I mean, I don't care, but I don't. I don't speak Ukrainian, so it, it is what it is. As long as I know how to read a map and kind of have an understanding of what's going on in the world, that's all that really matters. And I will tell you, it looks like the northern chunk of that city is heavily contested, and I feel pretty good on on saying that. There's a possibility they could push through it in the next couple of days, Easily. possibly. Easily, so, it looks like they it looks like they launched a pretty big offensive overnight. Yeah. They brought in the 82nd. They're they're launching assaults out to the east. I've got no kidding. I've got a six minute video that I pulled, all compiled combat footage out of Robotine. Robotine, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all combat footage out of Robotnya, and it's got so much in there. It's it's insane. We've got. Uh, uh, Bradley fighting vehicles getting hit by a Russian tank. We've got uh, Ukrainian Kazakh. We've got all sorts of stuff going into that video that we're going to touch on. And also included in that, we also have geolocated um, locations out to the east. Yesterday, in, in yesterday's video, I talked about having one of the Ukrainian uh, uh, up-armored vehicles getting hit by Russian artillery about two miles out to the east. Off this, off the south tip, but you go two miles due east where it gets hit. Well, now Russian tanks are out there, and Russian armored vehicles are out there being destroyed as well. So it appears that the 82nd is also pushing down into the east. I could, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it right circular. now. It very much so is happening, and actually it looks like yeah. there's a little bit of movement even farther northeast uh, in between Robotine and the next city that's Novo Provaka, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they're very small villages, which is kind of crazy over there in Ukraine. They have like a village, and then like a rock throw away there's another small village and then another rock throw away it's another small one they're just they're just stacked yeah and i've noticed some stuff on the map as well um as far as like some of the changes that are going so i want to jump into the uh the map real quick before we oh, start we're, we're going to the mapping quick out the gate oh yeah i say we jump into the mapping and cover kind of what's going on on the front yeah all the way across I, the board we'll start north and just work our way south okay. are you going to take control of that right now i'm looking i'm looking at a map currently right now and i and there looks like there's one pocket i feel like I'm not on the ground there, clearly, so there could be a massive entrench or it could be a minefield or something. There's, you know, there's one little pocket in between the two that is he almost seems wide open for the taking. And this is the one I'm looking at right here, this little wide little... Seems like oh, one yeah. Little, one little pocket that seems a little bit more right for the taking, but the only problem I see there is there's no... Well, there is one road, but there's no roads. They'd have to literally go across open fields and terrain, which looks like... Could be a problem. Oh, it's a nightmare because it's covered by artillery and uh, MLRS, but it's. But that's why they're going up that road time. It's got that main route in the Tokmak. That's what they need. Well, you know what's funny is I've seen reporting of Russian troops actually fleeing. No. Robotny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen reports of Russian troops fleeing Robotny, and I got a video that kind of substantiates it, but not really. It's probably just a Kazakh of the troops on the ground, but they are getting beat up. I mean, I watched a Kazakh video yesterday of Ukrainian Kazakh at a. CCP or a Kaj- yeah, CCP, a casual collection boy. Yeah. And they were just, it was actually, seemed like it was flowing I, really, really, I, really well. So I found a couple of videos that. of that and I threw two of them into the compilation just to, okay. just to kind of show everybody. It looks like, to me, it looks like they have the Kazabak points up on the front line and then they're taking those Kazabaks yeah. and they're moving them back yeah. to another CCP and then from there you're backing them further off the battlefield. Which is, so, 
pretty typical. I mean, that's really it's well done though, because the one I saw, they were like probably the same one actually. It was really every was chaotic, but it was orderly chaos. It was like ordered like everybody kind of knew what they were doing. But it, I mean, I'm sure they've they've done this a million times at this point. Yeah, and <laughs> you if, know what if I mean? you, I'm telling you right now, if Ukraine's throwing the kitchen sink at Robotny. So is Russia. I've got. They have to. They can't. I've, they can't lose it because, like I just said, it's the main route. If you look at the map. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Only well, it's not the only main route, but it is one of the main routes coming in from the. It is the main route coming in from the north. They have one that comes in from the north, uh, northeast here, but that goes like almost direct east after that. So yeah, there's. I'm, I've got a report from a, a Russian blogger on uh, God, on Telegram it. that came in saying that. Robotny is in basically serious danger, like dire dire needs, and it looks like Russia is also throwing the kitchen sink out. I've got a video of some Chechens fighting, and and okay, reportedly so out of Robotny as if well. The Chechnyans are in down in there, and they're really throwing. They got to throw everything at them. Yeah, there's a little bit of a pocket, by the way, in the very far east. I don't think we've even discussed yet. Very, very, very small one. Mm-hmm. Like very small, and I don't. I, 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 I mean, it's not going to amount to anything, but very, very tiny. Is anything happening around Bakhmut? Uh, yeah, a little bit, actually. I found okay. something. Well, it's so, yeah, I'm going to touch on that when we get on the map okay. because as far as Bakhmut goes, not a lot of changes have been going on. Uh, Klashivka has got a little bit of, but we'll, we'll touch on that when we hit the map. So Yeah, I'm looking at this map, the ISW map, actually. I'm looking. I'm actually starting to, like, lean more into this map than I have I like ever ISW's before map. In, in any portion of this war just because it's actually ISW updated. does a very good job, yeah. like, pulling information and trying like to, like, it. multi-source information. If, if it's not, they're going to state it. Yeah. You know, as it goes in there. Yeah, go ahead and get after it. I'm sorry. I've been, I've been. No, it's fine, man. Feeling it around. Uh, and by the way, I can confirm just so everybody's aware that bridgehead that that guy was talking about is for sure not a thing. <laughs> just want everybody, the one outside of here, song that we talked about yesterday. Oh, uh, dude. Before we get in the map, we should do an update about yesterday. Yeah, uh, that you, you, we showed that video of the uh, that got posted by the Russian embassy. Oh my God! Did you see what I sent you this morning? Which one? It is so funny. Dude, you know about the Russian? The Russian, uh, hold on. I, I said it to you this morning in a text, did I not? It's hilarious. Probably. No, it's it's hilarious where they got, um, it's right here, I think. It's got to be right here. Oh, it's funny. They Which got, oh, that's not it. I got to find it. It's it's where the, the Russian embassy, they got community noted. You didn't see that? No. Oh, my God. I thought I said it to you, dude. It's so funny. They got literally community noted by <laughs> my Twitter. Because they uh, they posted a, a, a before and after of a Mariupol. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Did you? That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's not really funny, but no, it's, it's funny that they up. got community noted because it actually stayed. Oh, I'm going to find it. Here, go, yeah. go to your thing. I'm going to find that thing yeah. again because it's so good. Well, while you're getting on that, I'll just say one more thing before we jump into mapping. Russia's cracking down on its people. They did, I guess, a couple of their senators or whatever just proposed some legislation to actually restrict and punish Russians up to like half a million rubles, which is like four or five thousand dollars, something like that, plus time in jail if they start tagging and geolocating Russian troops. So any oh, f- any photos yeah, of the war, not- any anything like that that they put out. So Russia is finally caught in now. A year and a half into their special military operation has finally caught on. This is not good for our people to be posting photos that are getting our troops killed. Yeah, no, that, they finally figured that out and. Unfortunately, it's communist Russia. Well, I guess technically not, but it is. It is. It's communist Russia, and they're going to start cracking down on their own people that are posting posting yeah. all that. So real quick before we hop into that, I want to say, so you know South Korea has now, this is kind of goofy, but they have intelligence that indicates that North Korea is preparing to carry out various military, I always can never say this word, provocations, uh-huh. including launching an ICBM. High amounts of unusual activity have been detected at multiple launch production facilities. 
Didn't South Korea just do that like a little bit ago as well? I don't know. Like, it's kind of goofy that this is even like news because, like, oh God, North Korea is preparing to carry out some random military, like, (laughs) shocker. Like, all they do. That's what they do. That's literally all they, that's all they're known for. Do you have that? uh, You need to actually go touch on that drone thing I sent you too. Because I didn't, I didn't. The Russia drone facility? I see, I see right here. I didn't dive too deep into that. Yeah. I think it's something we need to talk about. I did dive deep into it. You know what? Let's, let's touch on that before we get into the mapping because because that's pretty important. All of this stuff, 100%, kind of like ties in together. So Russia is planning on building uh, a facility that is capable of producing 6,000 attack drones by the summer of 2025. So they're doing this in conjunction with Iran. And apparently it was a, a billion-dollar deal with Iran. Wow. Yeah, apparently it was like a, a billion-dollar deal with Iran. And it started, like the production of all this stuff, started back in November of 2022. Now, an employee that worked inside of this plant an employee that works inside of that drone plant actually turned himself into a whistleblower because he wants to see this uh, this war in Ukraine kind of drawn to an end a hell of a lot closer. So what the guy said is that they are um, planning on basically upfitting the current program that Iran has. So the, the facilities are being built outside of Moscow or, or have been produced wow. outside of Moscow, like knocking these drones out. And they're looking at improving on the size, capability, overall production, quality, um, of these drones going in. So 6,000 drones by the summer of 2025. He doesn't think that they're going to meet that goal. But it's got to the point where workers inside the plant, of the uh, the drone plant, uh, the Russian government took their passports so that they can't leave the country. So it's a super top secret program. So nobody that works inside the plant is allowed to leave the country because Russia took their passports and flagged every single one of them. On top of that, they were given uh, code words to use in official communications from the plant. So... Uh, let's see here. Some of the code words, uh, boats are replacement. Dude, I'm, that's crazy. I'm re- I'm seeing it right yeah, now. Yeah, boats are uh, replacement for the drones, bumpers and replacement for explosives. And Ireland or Belarus, either of those two country names, is in replacement for Iran. So Russia is 100% trying to hide to hide this. And why why the secrecy that they're having inside of it? Because they want these drones to make a huge impact. They're trying to give them swarm technology so that the drones can like, you know, like talk together and like swarm a freaking tank or swarm position and go hit everything all simultaneously. And they're trying to improve the size of the drones and the weapons capability, like the payload of them, if you will. So they're trying to do all this crap and have it done 6,000 or and in Russia again, by 2025. So Russia is planning on this thing being drawn out till 2025. How no, wild like, is no, that? This is real. Like I'm looking at the, the, how they're scaling it. Uh, stage one, hundred units per month, 600 total units. And then stage two is a 170 to 180 units per month. Stage three is 226. And they expect this to be between 2024 and 2025. And then by 2025, they should be doing uh, between 50, yeah, in the year 2025, they want to do 1,500 drones that whole year by itself. Wow, it's really ramped up. It is. Like, they're starting right in January is when it really starts. They're starting with their manufacturing. These they're going to be manufacturing in January 24? Yeah, that's what it's, it's. I'm looking at it right now. I'm literally looking at the chart of it. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. Like, this goes all the way down to where it's even being, like, the actual building is geolocated. Or they have the, like, this oh, is Oh, no, they crazy. have the, the building's location. This guy straight up wow. dimed Russia out. I'm looking at it. Actually, June 2021, the building was being built. By October 5th, they had poured concrete. Or excuse me, that 21, they were doing uh, dirt work. 21, they were doing concrete. And now by 2023, it's a full-on building. Mm-hmm. And you can see the AC units on top. And they, I can't look. They even have the floor plans, the actual floor plans. 
of the this is the crazy. facility, dude. You got to put this on the screen. This is I can't believe this is actually there. It's showing like where the fiber that's being built, the nose is being built, the resins being mixed, the fuel, the fuel assembly thing, the machinery areas, the forming areas. This is nuts. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> I can't that's absolutely the amount of information this guy gave up is absolutely wow. insane. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, I, so I was I was scrolling through just trying to find random stuff this morning. That popped up, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's interesting." I'm gonna dive into that later. Six thousand attack drones. Yeah, they're they're wanting to do. Um, I didn't I didn't read the whole article clearly because it's like eighteen fucking pages. I don't have the time to do that. But I'm talking about uh, using Texas Instruments was one of the, the tech they were using. Jesus. <laughs> I can, um, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, well, anything's. I guess I, I'd want to say anything is an improvement on Iran, but Iran, yeah. it's uh, Iran's actually got a lot more capabilities than a lot of people realize. It was, I want to say, it was like five, five or ten years ago. We had a reconnaissance drone that was flying over Iran. Not now. What the U.S. government said about this drone was that it was flying out of Afghanistan, like out of Bagram, and it just kind of like lost satellite communication, and it just started. It randomly flew over Iran. <laughs> And that it crashed inside of Iran. Then Iran released photographs of this drone in its entirety, like complete, clearly hadn't crash landed. So it's an easy assumption that Iran had hacked into that drone and landed it inside of Iran. So they hacked inside of her drone, took command of it, and had it land inside of Iran. I don't know if you know, like, do you know that when drones lose, like when they lose communications with its base, it's supposed to turn around and land back where it came from, obviously, because we don't want to lose our technology. So the U.S. is statement on that was pretty stupid like oh we just lost contact with it and just decided to fly over iran like my ass anyways well in a starting description the u.n food chief actually warned the world with the words knocking on famine's door he called what we're we're facing a a perfect storm of a perfect storm for one he's not really alone barons published uh that a food shortage could be coming even inside the U.S. Now, farmer CO2, John Boyd Jr., a fourth-generation farmer, told Fox News that we're going to see any, or actually be empty food shelves in the coming months. That's why we're getting survival food is more important now than, like, forever. Like, you mm-hmm. need to have survival food. Facts. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling four Patriot survival food kits. It's not your ordinary food. We're talking good for 25 years. Super survival food, hand-packed in a family-owned facility in the United States of America and giving jobs to over 200 Americans. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinner. You guys can actually make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. It's that easy. And right now, for the next couple days, you guys will actually uh, get, as the listeners of this podcast speak the truth, 10% off your first order at 4 by using code Rob. It's just the number 4Patriots.com. Use code Rob, get 10% off. Check them out, guys. Stock up if you need to. You're going to need to go to fourpatriots.com. Use code Rob to start your stockpile today. I did find that image I was talking about, by the way. Which one? You're sure you know. The one where it's like, where Farida's contract. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Russian, it's called the COE Russia. I don't know which one this is. They, they have like so many different uh, embassies that they, this one's a European embassy. This one's, it's really ironic. Like they showed this. Do you see this? Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're going to, I'm going to go put this on the screen for you guys. It shows like a before and after at Mariupol. And it's like, oh, my God, before and after. And it's like literally destroyed. And then at the very bottom it says, to add some context here, before this image was actually taken and after was after the Russian forces surrounded and bombed Mariupol. Literally, they got they got community noted on Twitter. The Russians did. So no, You know why that one probably came out? It was from the uh, propaganda video that Russia put out of Mariupol that showed it like being rebuilt and looking all nice. It's like oh, they rebuilt like, one. yeah, it's like Honestly, they rebuilt same, like one block kind of and did a drive-by. Oh, okay. No, they, yeah, it was crap. 
Well, I just thought, for some reason, I thought you said Colin Block. Wow, I haven't heard that in a long time. That's an Afghan village. I, <laughs> I don't even know why that just came. I thought you said Colin Block. No. That's, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a PTSD moment. Yeah. Right <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> Colin Block. That was a terrible place. Yeah. All right, so we're going to jump to the map over on Ukraine. We're going to start off up in the northeast outside of uh, Kupiansk. So here we are. We're on the ISW map. Uh, you're currently overlooking Kupiansk right now, and we're going to go ahead and zoom in and show you kind of uh, what's been taking place out there. Right now, not so much. Looking at the screen right now, right here, this yellow zone that I'm currently tracing out, this whole yellow area right up over here. This is the main Russian assault that took place. And this blue area is currently denoting the Ukrainians and their offensive in order to stop. Now, it's been reported that Russia has been attempting to push down into Kupiansk out of this area, but so far been unsuccessful due to the Ukrainians jumping in and stopping them. If we zoom out a little bit and we start going down, we can start seeing like a couple little areas where Russia has claimed to hold some terrain. But we're going to scroll all the way down to Bakhmut and show you kind of what's going on down um, in that area. So when we get in there, as you can see, um, as far as Klashivka is concerned, the Ukrainians have made a push into Klashivka, and it looks like they're almost to the Russian fortified positions outside of it. Now, all of this stuff, all these red triangles and whatnot, that's way, way out over behind. But this is this red line that I'm currently tracing with this cursor. That is Russia's um, forward positions, but they're currently holding on to, and they're 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 currently being kind of like pushed at Klashivka. I've seen a couple different videos of the Russian, or I'm sorry, of the Ukrainian forces pushing and clearing out buildings inside of Klashivka. It looks like Russia is launching a tiny little counterattack um, over on the outskirts just due west of Bakhmut, but so far haven't been able to uh, take very much, if any, terrain. Now, here's the interesting part, um, what's actually taking place just south of Bakhmut. So for those of you that know, uh, Orlivka has been under Russian control for uh, quite some time um, since, I don't know, like pre-invasion time. Okay, So this black line is going to denote the current Russian controlled territory. And what we're actually seeing just south of Horlivka right here in this blue area, let me pull it up over the center of the screen. And this blue area is part of the Ukrainian counteroffensive where they have pushed back and they're starting to push back harder. And they're about to actually reach Russian lines outside of Horlivka. Now, if we were to take this and look at it as a whole, and I'm going to do a little bit of speculation here. So I've got Bakhmut up in the center of the screen and you can see uh, this area here and this area here where Ukraine has been launching its counteroffensive um, around Bakhmut. And what they're attempting to do is go ahead and uh, isolate the city itself and probably just start squeezing the Russians out of it. Well, this same thing that they're doing in Bakhmut over here in um, in uh, Klashivka, where they're pushing over to cut off this highway, also works with them going into Horlivka. And if we can look down to the south... Um, it looks like Ukrainians are starting to push in and go reach that line. So this offensive that's taking place in Klashivka is probably also necessary for them to move in and take Horlivka as well. So we've got Ukrainians pushing into the south of Horlivka to the north of Horlivka, which is also south of Bakhmut, which allows them to cut off those two cities dang near simultaneously. So if Ukraine is successful, it looks like they might have two major cities, one of which has been under Russian control for a very long time. It looks like if Ukraine is able to push in, they can cut off uh, Horlivka as well as Bakhmut, hopefully in the same amount of time, squeezing them off and, and causing them to divert more supplies, which will allow them to take over these cities. If we zoom out a little bit and we start going and scrolling further south, 
and we start going further and further south, we're going to eventually come across this Zaporizhian front, and we're going to zoom in on the area of Storymorsk and what Rob touched on yesterday. As we can see, that village of Urzan has not uh, basically, there's been uh, no further movement south from there. It looks like that whole area is kind of stalled out down along that line. So no real movement to report over in the uh, Zaporizhia area on that Zaporizhian front, but it looks like they have essentially reached Russia's main line of defense out there, and hopefully they'll be able to break through that sometime in the near future. Now let's get to probably what you are the most concerned about, which is going to be the Robotnya area. And let's go down and take a look at that. Now, zoomed out, I want you guys to keep in perspective what's actually happening. So we're going to get really excited. We're going to say, hey, Robotnya is about to get liberated. All right. They're like Russia, it's reports of Russia is getting kicked out and Robotnya is about to get liberated. But I want you to start taking a look at all these Russian defense lines that they have in front before they can even get on Tokmok. Now, some of the locations, Robotnia itself, like I said yesterday, I think it's like one click by two clicks or one kilometer by two kilometers. So two kilometers tall, one kilometer wide. But it's also some of the highest ground in that area. And from that area, they're actually able to look down and see Tokmok. Now, Tokmok is about uh, 20 kilometers away from Robotnia, so it's quite a uh, distance away. But when they get the drones up in the air, they're actually able to look down on Tokmok. So they're within eyesight once they take Robotnia of Tokmok, which is pretty cool. Now, let's talk about what's actually happening over in Robotny because it has been on fire the last 24 hours. Ukraine has literally thrown the kitchen sink at Robotny. They have called in the reserves. The 82nd Brigade is on the ground and currently pushing out into the east. So the 82nd Brigade came in and started pushing out to the east. Now, that area that I was talking about where the Ukrainians had gone and had a couple of their armored vehicles destroyed was right down over here by this Russian line. Where these two little red triangles are at, that is the general vicinity of where that took place. At the same time, however, that about, I'm sorry, not at the same time, about, I don't know, 24 hours later, now we were getting reports from this area of Russian uh, armored vehicles being destroyed. So the 82nd Brigade, it looks like, has been very successful. And I'd almost say it pushing further where this, this yellow line's at. I think they're actually a little bit further south down towards this red line here of where they've been able to push through. Obviously, it's heavily contested. Like I said, Russia itself is in kind of a state of panic. There's reports of the Russian troops leaving the area and running away, but there's also reports of uh, reserve troops from Russia being called in to go help, um, I guess, try to stop the Ukrainian assault on the city of Robotny. Now, when we look inside of it, and we go at it, Ukraine so far has pushed about 50% of the way in through the city is like kind of like current frontline trace. And I guess city is not the right word. I guess village would be more right. So they're about 50% of the way into the village of Robotny. They started off up here in the north, and this was the first foothold that they took. And they began pushing down into the village itself. And and they they made about a 50% gain through the whole entire village. So even as we're making this video, it might be that the city has already, the village has already been liberated, but it's hard to tell with everything that's going on the ground. Now, there is so much reporting on this area. I'm going to go ahead and back out of this map, and I'm going to pull these videos up for you guys. Well, you guys want to know something? There's no quick fix for anxiety. I'm going to tell you guys that right now, and the same with depression. It's just, it's just not a quick fix. It, it's not like finding a new therapist and or starting a new exercise routine. It's not more regular meditation or a better diet. Sometimes you guys need something to unlock your brain, like a new way of thinking about and seeing the world. Maybe that thing is guided ketamine therapy from 
Mind Bloom. But there's like a new tool to improve your mental health, guys. It's at-home ketamine therapy. Mind Bloom is the leader in at-home ketamine therapy, having safely helped thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression. Unlike traditional talk therapy, ketamine works quickly and does not have an unpleasant side effect of traditional antidepressants. In a study of over 1,200 Mind Bloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression in only two sessions. So right now, you guys can check them out. MindBloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you guys sign up at mindbloom.com forward slash Rob100 and use promo code Rob100. That's going to be linked at the very top of the description. It's mindbloom.com forward slash Rob100 and use promo code Rob100 to save $100 off your first six sessions when you guys sign up. Go check them out. Hey, take the first steps back inside of your life. Break free from your anxiety and depression with MindBloom. mindbloom.com forward slash Rob100 to use promo code Rob100. Now, we do have some footage we're going to be sharing with you guys out of Robotine, um, which is, um, it's, it's put together by him himself, Mr. Tardy, that's sitting right next to me. And uh, I've only seen a couple of these clips. I will say that one of them we're talking about is that Casualty Collection Point, which you guys will see here, I don't know, halfway through it or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's very apparent that they know what's going on. Yeah, I started it off with all the uh, assault videos um, that were kind of taking place in and around uh, Robotnik. Yeah. So all the assault videos followed by Kazbek, and then uh, we'll talk about the Russian clip, but we won't show it because it's just covered, like the yeah, Russians yeah, are just yeah. tore up. Yeah, yeah. That's so, at the very end of it. Yeah. So let's go ahead and open it up, man. Let's show these folks what we got. This is in the, okay. So this is this is their night assault going into the boat. Taking place within the last 40 hours easily. Now we're... These are the newer guys that got called in. It's always crazy. Well, I don't know why they stick music to it. They don't need to. Don't stick music to your combat footage. We don't need to see it. No. We want to hear what's going on. I don't know why the Ukrainians think that it's necessary to put stupid music to it. Don't do it. Just, just, just listen to the fight. What's wild is that this guy was literally out there shooting a couple days prior. I was like, I got to upload this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like uploads yeah. it and then like downloads music to put to it. It's like, this is going to be cool. Boys at home are going to love it. Brad's? Yeah. So this video is from a couple days ago. They got all sorts of rallies down there right now. This video is from a couple days ago when they were originally probing Robotnik, and it's uh, this Brad's about to get struck with a Russian tank round um, right up on that front left quarter panel, if you will. This is kind of crazy. So this is another tank, to, or another Brad, excuse me, just came rolling through this area? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's tons of them. But so I, I believe this to be on like the outskirts out towards the east. Okay, so this, this area, I would assume, is there trenches through here? Oh, no, it's anti-tank mine. Is that a mine? They, the description of the video said that it got hit by a Russian tank round, not an anti-tank okay. mine. Okay, well. Either way, it, it soaked it up pretty good. Did they have reactive armor on that thing? That, uh, that one. No. So this is Ukrainian SF guys that are apparently I mean, look at the video. Look, they're having a blast. Shooting 40 mic mics everywhere. Russian 40 mic mic in every direction. These are the Chechens. Yeah. So how I said Chechens were reported, this is one of the videos that claimed that these were Chechens that got called in and were operating. Can you just please look at the difference between like the Ukrainian SF guys and the Chechens? Like, look, look at the fighting style. Oh, the Chechens are just mass chaos. They're just like... Chechens are just mass chaos. I never really understood why they think saying God is great is, is going to like... Help them, them out. I it's, never understood. It's that. not. This is a KH-52 that got shot down um, outside Robotnik. This one got shot down yesterday, and there's another KH-52 that got shot down um, in Bakhmut as well. 
Where's it at? I don't know. Wait it's flying it. still. Wait for it. Oh, there, it <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. So there's lots of videos that you can go pull off right now. It's just, that's a big win. Some of Russia's premier assault helicopters get shot out of the sky. Now this Brad, if you paid attention um, earlier in that uh, video where the guy was shooting his AR, if you look at all the brush and stuff that was around it and look at the top of that Brad, this is a Kazavak obviously taking place on the ground um, outside the battle. But if you looked at all that veg on top of that Brad, that's not for camouflage. It's probably been ripped off trees from them, them driving through. You know, I mean, been, why would they camouflage a Brad? Unless it's just sitting in one stagnant. Yeah, if it's stagnant sitting inside the trees, maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe they were hiding from rushes beforehand, but I would bet that they were punching through some tree lines and ended up picking a bunch of vegetation. There was a camo net on that side of that vehicle, though, so maybe that's what they were going for, but maybe. I, don't know, I, I doubt it. What's going on here, Sandy? Yeah, this is another Kazavak point on the outskirts of the town. Um, and it, what it looked like to me was that they're Kaz they have multiple Kazavak points in and around the city that are set up, and they're throwing them on these brads to evac them back to this other place and pull them off their main CCP. And now the 82nd Brigade that these videos are probably from is supposed to be one of the best equipped and best trained um, from NATO forces. So they have like all the NATO equipment. They've got like some of the best training and everything else that they're throwing in there. And I think their training is actually coming through pretty good because they're. It's very apparent that they're they're well well coordinated, like well coordinated in everything that they do, which is kind of a breath of fresh air from some of the videos that we're used to seeing. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they're throwing these men down there against the Chechnyans, which I'm not entirely sure the Chechnyans were on the Ukrainian side, but they looked like they were wearing Russian uniforms to me, to be honest with you. And it looked like some Russian tactics. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. They, sure. they look like they were wearing Russian uniforms. So I, I think they were on that side. I think. This is that, that, that CCP we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. Orderly chaos. It's exactly what it is, but I mean, they're doing a good job helping each other out. You see you all see the vehicles it, yeah. flying by, and then oh, yeah. there's this, the video that we're not showing. Okay. You can go ahead and just pause it. Yeah, we're yeah. just going to go ahead and stop that. So that video that we can't show is uh, it's four Russians inside of a vehicle, and every single one of them is wounded, and they're clearly fleeing the area trying to get back to, to medical help. And so there's lots of reports of Russians that are fleeing out of Rabotnia and like heading south. And, oh, and it, yeah, I mean, they're getting their cheeks clapped up in the north. They have nowhere else to go but south at this point. Well, what did we say? The 82nd was 2,000 troops, Yeah, 80 Bradleys. Um, the Challenger 2s are in there as well. There's there's all sorts of armor that's just being thrown at that tiny little village, you know, of what, a yeah. couple couple square kilometers? It was like, yeah, one by two or two by one. I can't remember how. It was like one too wide and one long or something. It wasn't very big. No, very it's small. it's not very big at all. But the advancements that they're making down into the southeast, I think, are huge. And that village is about to be cut off. So I don't think anybody's going to be able to flee that village anytime soon. So if anybody's running, either A, they've already taken the village over. Because I am starting to I am starting to see reports that Robotnia has been um, completely and totally liberated as of now. This is, what, 11 o'clock in the morning that we're filming this video on August 17th? You think it's been... As a, as no, I'm not saying oh, I think it has. I'm oh, saying I that don't think it has it. there's 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 a couple of reports on Telegram that are popping up that are mm, saying that it's Telegram. been completely and totally liberated. But to our best estimate right now of where we've been able to like geotag some stuff is about 50% of the way through the town. So Ukraine forces have pushed 50% of the way into the town and they're all the way down on the southeastern. Like if you go to the southern edge of Robotnik, two miles east, they've pushed that far south. That's no, I mean, I think... That's the area. So the just north, there's the area that that guy, remember I said yesterday, he claims that that's really going to be pushing a lot of the Abrams through. That's mm -hmm. one of, but that's also a massive open field. So. Right. It's a big open area. And I'm going to pull the map back up real quick because I want to show these guys, guys and gals that are listening something. 
So there's a lot of talk about um, talk mock and them pushing down to talk mock. And as I was saying, when, you know, remotely is one of the highest elevated locations in that area. And when yeah. they're, they're, they're putting up drones now, they could actually well, that's not look, saying a whole bunch. No, it's right? not. It's a lot of flatland, yeah. but they're able to look down on talk mock now. Like once they take Robotnik, they can, they have line of sight down to talk mock, which is kind of cool. Even though it's over 20 kilometers away, obviously mm-hmm. they have to go, you know, send them up in the, the air a little bit, but they have um, views of talk mock from there. All right. So I am opening up the map here for everybody. And what I want to point out, right, and I noticed it when I was looking through the deep state map, and then I pulled up the ISW map just to kind of confirm it, but it was very interesting with how these Russian lines are laying out on the backside of Robotnia. So to bring everybody up to par, so here's Robotnia, all right, where it's at, or Robotan, as Rob likes to call it. The armor has advanced down to what I believe is this line right here, this red line where I'm dragging that cursor over. And then this map is pretty much up to date with about 50% assessed under Ukrainian control currently. And they'll probably end up pushing all the way through the village by the end of the night. But they do have, um, the Russians do have fortifications out of the south. That's not what I want to talk about right now. What I want to talk about, um, let me zoom out of here for a sec. So we can see Tokmok down here, which is about 20, 20 kilometers south. But there's this village over here off to the side. And as you can see, out of all the villages in the area, this one is like well surrounded, right? Like the reinforcements around there, the Russian defensive perimeter is well surrounded. But they did another thing to it that I also found interesting. So Russians looking at this, assuming that Robotnia would be one of the first villages to fall in that area where Ukraine would assault, they actually put an extra layer of defense in right here before you're able to reach this village. And I can't even pronounce his name. Um, somebody in the somebody in the comment section is going to have to help me out here. Uh, it's such a pain in the butt. Uh, I have no idea. I don't it's, even really, want to try it's, it. It's but mediocrely that, surrounded. But yeah, that village is mediocrely surrounded. But the interesting part is the extra layers of defense yeah. that are pushed through. And those armor brigades, or that, that armor brigade that's like now pushing due south, is it, if they don't like make a, a right-hand hook and, and come towards this village they might be heading down to this village right over here. So I think one of the shaping operations before they even get to Tokmok is going to have to be taking this village out right here. I think they're going to have to take it out. Which means they're going to have to push a lot of artillery pieces into this area. But I think artillery is going to still be, they take uh, Robotine, Mm -hmm. push through, Either and they, they start heading down this highway south right here, which leads them through another village, which either, is going to be a problem. That's what I'm saying. What, what, if the Russians are really retreating like really heavily, then they stay on their hills like they did six or seven or eight months ago up north, mm-hmm. and they just keep pushing until they hit like an actual real firm line like they did, and they just stopped. Mm-hmm. Like, what if one of these ones right here? What what are those lines that we're looking at? No one really knows how thick those lines are, how well. Those lines are defended because how much of those men on those lines have had to been shifted up to the front, like the main front line to actually hold it. Yeah. And then, but then for doing that, then they're gonna have to shift men from Tokmak up to those other lines to replace. It just mm-hmm. has to be that, you know, the, the stacking layers effect. Well, I'm curious is with the additional troops that are in there and those videos that we just watched, there's a lot of wounded Ukrainians getting yeah. pulled out of there, which is to be expected. Now that when you look at the amount of like defensives that they had to break through, not that much. Robotnia is a small town. We watched that video yesterday of the the Russians in there and the type of equipment that they have like up on the perimeter, but how deep that goes. I'm wondering if Ukraine, and I'm not saying this to, to crap on Ukraine, but I'm wondering if Ukraine actually has the ability to continue this push all the way down to Tokmok before they become combat ineffective. Mm, that's a good question. From what I've seen in the past, probably not. But I also don't know how much men they have sitting in the reserves just chilling, waiting to replenish. That's the thing. 
I, I don't know. Right now we know they put their best men up front or one of the strongest units up front to penetrate. You have to. I mean, busting through the pen. They got, they, they, they what they did was they got they got their foothold outside of Rebotnia, and they, they started testing it, and then they called in the 82nd. They punched. And punched. And that they're so, hooking down and down they, into the east. I'm saying if they, if they punched enough to kind of, if you go back to what the Nazis did in World War II, they would punch through, and then they would just funnel. Like, mm-hmm. I'm talking funnel men. Have you ever seen the image of this happening? It's a crazy, yeah. it's like a cartoon image of it, uh, Chef. No. But it like funnels like this, and then it just, you see the flow of men that just come through. It was insane back then. So I want to congratulate you because the entire last video, you didn't mention World War II once. I, I didn't, you almost uh, made it through this one. Almost, almost, oh, almost. Man. I think the issue with this one, what, what's going <laughs> to, I'm not shit on you. I just think it's funny to call. <laughs> but I love it. Like, I, I think the issue that they're going to have if they do that and, and they just kind of do like straight dart yeah. down down into Tokmok is they've got what appears to be a lot of Russians that are going to be behind them. So how much of their forces are going to have to be like as they start pushing down because they're going to they're going to want that ground line of communication on the way down. Right. So as they start doing that and if they don't start clearing out some of these bigger areas along the way, plus, in addition, they're going to have to drop off troops to hold that terrain as they go down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not as simple as just committing all your forces and forgetting it because then they get enveloped themselves. So they're going to need a ground line of communication on the way down and they're going to need to secure it. And they're going to have all these villages and skirmishes along the way as they go. Add an attrition rates on top of that. I don't know if they have enough troops to actually push down right now and t- and fully take that city. Does yeah. that kind of make sense? No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't believe you're incorrect. I mean, I, I really don't think you're incorrect at all. I don't. I don't know if they have enough troops to envelop the entire area. To be honest with you, I have no idea. Right now, this isn't this isn't the entirety of their reserves. No. Right. This isn't. And if they commit more, let's say they, they take the 82nd, they go down, they continue to push, and they hold a corridor and they allow a fresh unit to come in and go start taking more terrain, I think they're going to be 10 times more successful because those troops that are, that are fighting in, in, in Raboni right now, the, them suckers are going to be tired. Well, okay. Here's, I got a good thing for you. I think they could take Tokmok within two months down to Tokmok, not take the city itself. I think Tokmok won't be taken to be completely honest with you guys, unless they have like some crazy amount of reinforcements and troops and stuff. I don't know about. I don't think Tokmok would even be, taken until like next spring type time because I, I just think i look at that place as like another bakma type type situation it is it could possibly be that kind of deal just be the amount of fortification that you can possibly like around the city itself i don't know or i could be completely 100 percent incorrect and the russians absolutely give up on this and shift their men over to the to the to the, the more eastern side and say you know what we're going to hold this line because we want to hold mariupol i have no idea or Berdyansk. They can't lose Berdyansk because it's the port that's there. They, they can't lose any of it, to be perfectly so. honest with you. Like, Russia Russia needs to hold on. I mean, they can lose it, you know what I mean? But they're not going to want to. Yeah. And, I, and I think they're with the amount of troops that Ukraine is throwing at this front right what's, here. What's, what's just, what's just see, wait to see how the what the attrition rate looks like on the Russian side to, to make any judgment call. I don't, I don't know. I feel like I, I just threw something out there that may not even be relatively close to being true. I, just, I don't think that... I don't think Tokmok is a is a thing by wintertime, to be completely honest with you guys. At the current pace. I, I don't think so. At the current pace, absolutely not. I don't think so. At the current pace, no. Because I mean, there's that's, still that's so 20, much land. You're talking about 20 kilometers, land. a lot of open terrain, yeah. and a lot of those. Uh, now, Russia's going to be smart, and they're going to start using a lot of those drones to start targeting all that armor that's coming in. And so the question is, is do you want infantry troops moving before the armor or armor moving before the infantry troops across the open area? Because if they if they send armor through that open area, it's going to get easily targeted. It's going to get picked I, up by drones. It's going to start getting I, hammered by Artie. It's going to just start getting destroyed. I don't want to be a part of that situation. Right. I would never want to be. That one, that one just sounds miserable. 
I'm right. out on that. Like, I, no, boys, you guys get back at it. I'm yeah. not, I don't want to do that at but all. But the amount of open terrain that they're going to have to cross to get to some of this stuff and the amount, like, the amount of highway that needs covered, 20 kilometers to get down there. Yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of attrition that's going to take place prior to them getting there. It's a lot of terrain that's going to need held as well. So the question is, does Ukraine have the manpower to hold that terrain, hold the ground line of communication in order to get down to Tokmok? I don't know. I guess we'll wait to see. Well, Anything else for the folks at home? No, sir. All right. Well, I hope, I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. We're, I guess we're back to chugging along. When the Ukraine chugs along, we chug along. All right, guys. Chugga, 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 chugga. We're out. We out.